1: This episode of Bushwick Breakaway is brought to you by our next meetup. Yep, that's right. Our last meetup was at a suite at MSG, but this next one, well, it's going to be at a bar. We're going to do it on two fifteen versus the Islanders. It's going to be a Thursday, the day bef- the day after Valentine's Day. Come see us. More details to come in podcasts in the future. Stay tuned. And also, I'd like to congratulate Luke Dawson on winning the podcast worn jersey. We're going to contact Luke on Twitter. If he doesn't hit us back, we'll choose a second winner. But congratulations to Luke for winning the RNG random Blue Shirts breakaway giveaway jersey war in time. Let's go podcast. Let's do it now. Bye. Hey, Butcher Breakaway fans, welcome to a special Sniffles edition of the Butcher Breakaway. I have my sick and dying co-host here, Greg. Oh, by the way, my name's Ryan. Greg, say hello.
2: Hey, I just blew my nose. I'm feeling all right now. Okay. We're doing, better. Blow, We're doing your, better.
1: blow your nose, boys. That's us.
2: The amount of the amount of over-the-counter medication I've taken in the last three days is uh, it's, it's up there. Watching let me say that. you
1: take pills at my house, which, out of context, sounds amazing. Uh, but watching you take pills at my house it was a process. You you have a problem uh, choking them down. Wow, phrasing. Uh, great stuff. Not- great stuff. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm not a big
2: not a big pill guy. I don't like doing it. So it's one of those things where I I put one pill in. I do a swig of water, and then I need about thirty seconds to regroup before I can really convince myself to do another
1: one. Trust the process. Exactly. Um, On this week's episode of Bullshit's Breakaway, we will be talking to a good friend of ours, uh, Mr. Fitzy of uh, – is Brendan Fitzgerald? Is his full name, I believe? I think it's Fitzpatrick, buddy. Is it Fitzpatrick? Shit. Shit.
2: Pretty shit. Shit. The guy we consider a really good friend of ours. I I, I always call him
1: Fitzy. I hate myself. I hate myself. (laughs) Well, we're not restarting, so sorry, Fitzpatrick.
2: Oh, yeah, But one of us is wrong. And I got I hope it's, you. it's definitely
1: so you're definitely right. And I know I, I when I said it, I was like Fitzpatrick. That's not right. Um, usually record the interviews first, but not today. That's great news. Uh, so we'll have him on. He's going to talk about trading Rick Nash. And then we're going to have a full debate uh, about that. We'll also discuss uh, let's do this right now. You know, we went to uh, we had our Blue Shirts Brickaway meetup game, Greg. We sure did. It was pretty dope. It was pretty dope. Uh, I have to say, it was very exciting meeting a bunch of different fans, uh, people who I've semi-met before through the internet uh, as much as you can, and then meeting them in person. It, I would say it was a wild success. Your thoughts?
2: I just think it's nuts that people are actually kind of, I wouldn't say awestruck when they met us because I don't want to. Definitely not. You know, <laughs> I'm not, here to stroke, I'm not here to stroke my own ego, but it's just really funny for anyone to just, Anyone that listens to us, I forget who said it,
1: but it was like we were talking to them, and I was like, "Oh, hi, I'm Ryan." He's like, "Yeah, we know, we know your voice, what your voices sound like." And I was like, "Wow, you've heard us a lot." (laughs)
2: Yeah, it was. um,
1: I guess now I'm I'm
2: an idiot. I I forget I forget his name, but it's our friend that uh, he actually lives in Troy. Names? Yeah, I suck. We suck with them. (laughs) We don't. We (laughs) put your fucking Brandon's name Uh, already. Our guest, unfortunately. Um, No, it's just really funny. It 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 was so cool meeting. And there were what twenty of us in that yeah. suite, and it was just awesome interacting with everyone, having a good time. Just, it was such a fun Ranger game. No, uh, well... Fun might not be the right fun, <laughs> fun in terms of it. It's a fun game because the Rangers won, and we were able to talk shit about the Rangers the entire time. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a dominant performance where you would just get guys being like, "Oh man, this team is special." You really got to get a glimpse into what people thought about certain players because things weren't going right, and. uh man it, it was and
1: and we'll name those players in a second but i'd like to talk more about before we get to full-on rangers which the rest of this podcast will be greg do you know what today is
2: uh is it our two-year anniversary it is
1: is that crazy wow, wow.
2: that's uh our, see what I, i'm trying to think of what my mental state was two years ago november 27th our official that's...
1: our official two-year anniversary is on the 30th but podcast wise okay. this is the week for us for the two-year anniversary
2: all right, so two years ago, that's November, late November of 2015. I'm probably still in deep mourning about the Mets blowing the 2015 World Series.
1: Yep, you are, actually.
2: Um, I don't remember a single Rangers take I must have had at that time.
1: I think we were pro-AV. That's how long ago it was.
2: I think we were pro-AV. I think I was a Dan Girardi apologist. We've come uh, a long
1: way. I, You know, someone else at the meetup said to me, it's, wow, it's been, I think it was Steve, or a.k.a. Left Wing, said to us... uh wow, it's been two years already? And I was like, yeah, damn, it has been. It's been quick. It's been a wild ride. So thanks for I'm sticking just gonna put. This,
2: I'm just going to put this out there. Steve, big Steve fan. Well, oh, big Steve fan. Speaking
1: of being big Steve fans... I'm
2: a big multiple Steve fan. Multiple There's a Steve fan. A Steve in in my we life we,
1: now. we got to meet Left Wing Steve, of course, the best Steve, and then we got to meet the second best Steve, uh, Stephen Valquette, really quick. He was nice enough to stop by and say hello. But you know, the real news of the day, Greg, and I don't want to bring this up so early, but I guess I'll do it now. Like I don't have okay. to. Interesting. Uh, but you know, he we were posting our picture of us on Twitter with with, with the great Stephen Valquette. And he said to uh, uh, to us, "What a hot dog is to him is it a sandwich or is it not?" And to him, it's just a hot dog. Greg, your take, your reaction, live here at Bush's Breakaway, Ryan Mead. Here you go, mic in your face. No man,
2: no man is perfect. Uh, that's <laughs> that's my reaction. Even even when they seem perfect, like Steve's well kept hair and just and, uh, one of the nicest guys in the entire world. I never had a bad thing to say about um, to, until Valley now. Before uh, until now, and I, I, now like I'll never like. I can't even be angry about him like this. He's just misinformed. That's all it we he'll get, he'll get educated on the topic. Right off fine. the bat,
1: my reaction to Valley was, holy shit, I'm short. <laughs> like, right. I was like, that is a tall man. I think I think the first
2: thing I said to him was, man, I always knew your hype, but Jesus, you're tall.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's,
2: it's a weird introduction. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, all this means is we now need to get a third former Rangers opinion on the great debate. Oh, no. Like, I was I in my one.
1: office. I saw the tweet. It was like, I think a hot dog's a hot dog. I fist pumped harder than Tiger Woods has ever fist pumped in his whole life. It was a, a magnificent pup. Wow. You, you crazy have, you have Crazy. You have,
2: <laughs> you have Valley. I have Clendenning. We need to get a third. I'll take my side. The debate okay. continues. I'll we'll take, find a third. I'll take my side.
1: We're looking for a third. Anyone else? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right. One
2: of the references out there at the meetup, I should say that there was a there was a time where I, I told people that there I just created a subreddit of,
1: of stuff uh, Michael
2: Grabner does without his shirt on
1: ShirtlessMichaelGrabner.com.
2: shirtlessmichaelgrabner I'm making that a subreddit. Yeah, we gotta do that. I think the comment was someone was talking about how jacked he was, and I was like, yeah, I or no, they made mention of the video of Grabner jumping out of the pool um, on one hop, and I was like. They're like, Greg, have you ever seen that? I was like, dude, if there's a picture out there with Grabner without his shirt on, I've seen
1: it. I've definitely seen it. The guy's muscles on muscles. I, I, you could see him through the shirt. It's not. All right, let's actually so let's cut all the nonsense for a second. Let's talk Rangers. Sure. This is a Rangers podcast after all. We've done all that. Happy two year anniversary. I guess I so. Sometimes not really. Uh, really? there were three games this week. Let's recap them very briefly because we got a nice, lovely comment saying we wish we get more game by game analysis. I'm gonna give it to you today. Happy, oh, happy anniversary. Here's my game analysis of the Wednesday night game. Wow, I was drunk. And also, it was such an easy win. 6-1. Like, come on. It was never it was a game you hardly had doubt. to watch, which is nice because that's the night never, that I want to go out.
2: Yeah, never in any doubt. It there, there was a dominating performance from start to finish.
1: Yeah. It was like I, – I didn't even watch – Like, I know I'm, I host a podcast – uh, about the Rangers and I should be, you know, doing full analysis in every game. But it was the night before Thanksgiving, you know, as you kind of do when you, you go out to all the bars with all your friends. I half-assed watched the game and it was a slaughter. And I was like, wow, I'm so happy the Rangers aren't ruining my Thanksgiving Eve. So that was my analysis of that game. Do you have any takes other than it was an absolute dominating performance, which continued sort of our, our sort of dominant streak at this point?
2: Uh, the Once the Rangers got up to nothing, we turned the game over to the Knicks game. That's how it would... There are a few times in my life where I watch a game and I'm confident the Rangers aren't going to lose. The Wednesday was one of those games. It was, it was such a convincing performance from right from the jump that I felt like I didn't need to watch the entire game to know what the outcome was going to be.
1: No, definitely not. And, and I felt the same way. And, and again, guys, the, the Carolina team, they're okay. They've been slumping a little bit, but it was just dominant from the start. Like right away, we're like, "Wow, I won this game! I don't really need to. I can go out. This is nice. Thanks, Ranger." Did you just
2: did you just move away from your microphone? Why do you sound really far away? Did
1: I? Am I back now? Sorry.
2: You sounded you sounded off.
1: Okay, am I back? We're good.
2: Yeah, now, now you're all, right. all now, right. Now you sound like your normal. Uh... What uh, squirrel on cocaine self?
1: Yeah, that's what I was. I got so many nice comments from all the listeners all after all these years. Um, and then the Friday game, Jimmy Howard continues to do exactly what he does against the Rangers, even when he was a backup, which is be absolutely phenomenal and a brick wall.
2: Luckily- it's, it's crazy. New York is such a big state. I don't know how someone can be from Syracuse and consider Madison Square Garden their hometown. Syracuse is like five and a half hours away from New York City. You're, you're more likely to be a Sabres fan than a Rangers fan. So I'm as a,
1: as a long, long Islander, as they pronounce it, uh, anything above Manhattan is upstate for us. But I think Syracuse actually clarifies as upstate. So like, well, you,
2: would, you would consider Albany upstate, right?
1: Yeah, I would. But I know it's not. Yeah, Syracuse
2: is upstate from me. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. to be fair,
2: like New York is a vast state. Syracuse is actually west of me. But it's so like they call themselves central New York. That's. There's upstate. Anything above Poughkeepsie is upstate.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you, but I think a bunch of people will yell at us and be like, nah, not really. But if you're from Long Island, you know, not that many people you are
2: listening are, you know, anything
1: above Manhattan is upstate for you. That's it.
2: So my, my definition has always been if Metro North can't get to you, you're upstate.
1: Like Shagger's from New Rochelle. So we're good. He's money. We're fine.
2: Yeah. New Rochelle is very, very clearly firmly in the New York area.
1: Yeah. Your hometown, but Syracuse, but anyway, but Howard doesn't care plays out of his mind every single time he comes it's, here. It's
2: insane. And this is this is – he's got – I think the stat line they showed there in the game was he has the best save percentage among all active goalies against the Rangers, and it's, it's something insane too. It's like – it's over like 970.
1: Oh, yeah. He destroys us. But luckily for hey, us, man. Hank has sort of returned to form. And by sort of, I mean sort probably of? playing the best he's played in two, three years.
2: Yeah, he's unreal right now. He's on a stretch – he, uh, I. So the Rangers. Let, let's quickly do this. The Rangers won two okay. one against the Red Wings. It was a sloppy offensive performance. Um, Hank saved what should have been a lot of high, high, uh, high percent chances from the Red Wings, mm-hmm. and the Rangers got the win in overtime. That it wasn't a convincing win. It wasn't a solid team performance. It was Henrik Lundqvist was the best goalie on this night, and that's that's why the Rangers won. Kind of game.
1: And it was very hard to be the best goalie on that night considering Jimmy Howard was like, there's no way I'm letting anything more than one in. Unfortunately for him, he let two.
2: It was like a pitcher's duel where both pitchers struck out 15 and then one person gave up a solo home run.
1: This reminds me of the time of the Yankees. Anyway, let's move on. Um, So <laughs> so the Vancouver game, which we happened to go to, as previously mentioned, this, sure game, this game was painful, but fun. In a way that you knew who the bad players on the ice were all night. Yep. It was very obvious that Camper was... Struggling is the word I'll use out, out uh, there. No,
2: that's not the word you should use. He was, he was hmm. shit terrible.
1: Hmm. Oh, shit terrible. That's what you're going with?
2: Oh, yeah, sorry. shit terrible. It was It's crazy. I, we've harped on Camper a lot on this podcast. I, it, he's become the new Glass. He's, he's kind of the oh, whipping okay. boy. Let's
1: talk about the difference, though. At my heart of hearts, no. I, I love Tanner Glass. No, like, you didn't. I do, though. Like I do love,
2: you love the meme. You love the existence of Tanner Glass. I, you didn't like the
1: player. I, I, okay. Well, he scored a goal against the Canadians. That was a big deal for me. You know, sure. I, I would have rather played Butchnevich. Yes, of course I would have. Like, come on, guys. But Tanner, like when he was playing well or when he like hit somebody and hyped up the crowd, I was in. Like I, mm-hmm. Tanner at least got me excited. You know who doesn't get right. me excited at all, Mister Camper. Hey, well,
2: okay. First of all, that's, that's a shit opinion you have, and I'm disappointed in you. Oh, thanks, buddy. Se- second, <laughs> Camper.
1: Hey, it, if it here's, a, a running here's some analysis, the, Greg. If, your opinion is shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Been two years, Ryan. Some things never change. Yeah, I guess uh, it, it became a running joke in the suite where anytime Camper was on the ice... Oh, Camphor. uh Guys we were sitting with would just start looking at me, waiting for me to react to something Camper does. It was incredible. Every time he was on the ice. The Rangers would have incredible difficulty getting the puck out of their own zone and not just getting the puck out of their own zone and giving Hank a chance to breathe. But it seemed like every time the Rangers would make a pass, the Canadians would intercept it in a high chance situation. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. I, got I wasn't it. kidding. I wasn't kidding. <laughs> no, I, I, I know it's, was, like, this it's, isn't a joke.
1: it's sniffle edition for a reason, my friend.
2: Uh, yeah, except, except now the coughs are back. Um, it's just, I've never seen so many turnovers in dangerous positions by either team. It's almost like the best passes to set up shot attempts for the Canucks and Rangers came from their opposing defenders.
1: There was two, like you already mentioned one, there's two things, trends in this game I noticed. The cross, uh, the cross ice dangerous passes, which led to uh, an obscene amount of turnovers in this game that were very frustrating to watch as a fan. And the second is how many shots Vancouver got to take from the slot. And I don't know if those are correlated.
2: That's probably a good question for our
1: first Drew. Way,
2: but yeah, but not just sl- shots from the slot. They were like clear shots from the slot with nobody in front of them.
1: Oh, nobody, and there was nobody. There was no man on them. And Hank had to stop a lot of high, high dangerous shots from the beginning of the game to keep us in it. Now, once the second period, the second half of the second period, I would say, I felt like the Rangers took over the game in full by kind of asserting their speed and putting the pressure on the Vancouver Canucks and and sort of. And I'll be honest, it, it looked like we outconditioned the Canucks. Now, that, that could be a West going East kind of deal. Um, I, I hate that excuse in sports, though. That's just kind of my deal. Uh, well,
2: let's also remember the second goal of the game, Paul Carey just forgot what the puck looked like, and the Canucks took it and scored on Hank. I, that That is just ingrained in my head so hard at this point that now Paul Carey is quickly getting into the same category of camper where I don't understand why he's here. And a big reason why the Rangers look better to me in the third period is Outside of camp for the two Rangers that had the worst games were DeHarnay and Carey, and DeHarnay straight up got benched. He didn't oh, see the ice in the third yeah, period. Yeah, and
1: Carey got like one shift.
2: I think he got, I think he got two. Okay. Um, but it, he got less than five minutes in the third period.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, well, DeHarnay, like, I don't know what to do with him at this point. It, we do have some players that are playing relatively well at the AH, AHL level, but it seems that the Rangers organization wants to keep them down there to keep the development going. Letieri, for example.
2: Well, Letieri I kind of understand because he's a younger player. Uh, I, I don't know what the Rangers' apprehension is to calling up Adam Tambellini at this point. Cause Tambellini is one of those guys who's having sustained success at Hartford for the second straight year. And he's also he's, he's not a guy you're trying to build the future around. He's he might be the definition of like a quad A player, but you don't know until you call him up and you see what you have with him. If Adam Tambolini is, doesn't actually turn out to be uh, someone you can regularly put in your NHL lineup, I don't think necessarily you're too heartbroken one way or the other. Like it, It's okay being a good role player or a good bench player. Like Not everyone can be all-star caliber starting forward. Adam Tambellini might be a perfectly good 20th man. And the only way you're going to be able to find that out is to call him up and finally see what he has at the NHL level. So to keep Paul Carey here, where you know what he is, which is a below-average NHL forward who should only be in lineups as an injury replacement, and David DeHarnay, whose confidence is so shook right now because of the way Elaine Vigneault has used him this season uh, and kind of left him out to dry, I, I don't. Under- I so I, I just don't understand why Tambolini is not here. I get the Lettieri thing. If if the Rangers feel like Lettieri is a legitimate piece of this team moving forward, and they don't want to have him sitting on the bench as a healthy scratch, uh, or only getting eight, nine minutes a night on the fourth line, fine. I, I don't think you can make the same argument for Adam Tambellini. I think you need Tambellini up here. Again, not as a difference maker, just one, he's better than Paul Carey, and two, you just have to see what you have.
1: You know what's funny? At some point, you need to see what you have. I agree with you. Uh, Paul Carey, we kind of know who he is at this point. I know it's been a small sample size of games, quote-unquote, but – He's a 30 year old AHLer. That's just the way it is. Is that impressive that he made it to the NHL? Of course, dude. But you're not helping the team the way we kind of need it at this point. When it, it co- I think we,
2: I think we've always known what Paul Carey is. I think we knew what Paul. I knew. I
1: think, I think we knew what he called we, when he was called up, and he was like playing on the yep. third line wing. We were like, what? Yep. What? Uh, so at this point, I think you really need to see what you got. Like with Tamberling, like, as you were saying. The same goes, by the way, for our friend Mindulith, Mister Piot he should be up here trying to prove himself or even better Ryan Graves. Are those guys they want to keep developing down at the AHL level, or do you think they're ready to play up at the NHL level and get their shot of coffee? I just don't understand why we're not doing that when camphor obviously is overmatched at this point with McDonough out with an abdominal injury.
2: Especially with McDonough out with an abdominal injury. Once again, I can totally understand the point of the Rangers don't want these guys up here unless they're going to play. Mm-hmm. But McDonough is, has missed three straight games. I don't think a clear timetable to his return has been made clear. So why the Rangers have decided not to call up an extra defenseman is a little confusing. Um, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially, again, knowing that what the Rangers have with Carey and DeHarnay, Carey specifically. I, I can't. The only reason DeHarnay played – was because Bounieves wasn't healthy enough to go on Sunday. Uh, But Boo's injury doesn't seem long-term, which means Carey or DeHarnay will return to the pine.
1: The funny part about Boo's injury is that, and I didn't know this stat before he got injured, is that he didn't have a point outside of his first game. And I have to tell you...
2: He's a fourth-line center. You don't need your fourth line. You didn't even let me
1: make my point, Greg. My point is, thank you to your anniversary. (laughs) Love you. My point is that it never seemed like he wasn't making an impact. He was always making an impact on this team, even without making points. That's it. Thanks, Greg. Go on. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs>
1: to
2: more off that, <laughs> I don't want my fourth line center having 40-point seasons. Uh, my fourth line center is supposed to provide me with minutes – I don't know what I don't know what I'm trying to say.
1: The stability you know, of, of playing an offensive yeah. defensive game without having to worry about him as a liability is that good for you, right. Greg? That that is
2: good for me. I and got Bo- back. Has, has been that perfectly. I think yes. bowie has been one of the pleasant surprises so far this season. I happen to agree. Uh, with you. Yeah, I I just why the Rangers haven't made a defensive move uh, with as many defensive pieces that they have still in Hartford, even with Barry Glazov back in Russia, and Sean Day, back in the OHL. Graves, Pionk, um, even – I mean, D'Angelo has been a train wreck. I was just Hollywood, about to say, so hey,
1: so what about this Tony D'Angelo fella?
2: He's, he's been a train wreck. We don't need to go in-depth on that. He's just been bad. That's uh, it's not, depressing. That's
1: not good. That's all I'll say. No,
2: but Pionk and Graves are sitting right there, and it's not like a Hedo situation where he their entry-level contracts aren't triggered because they haven't been in the NHL yet. These are guys who – in Graves' case, has been around the system a couple of years now and has done nothing but prove his value. And Pionk, who was fresh out of the NCAA and been playing great in Hartford all year, one of these guys should have been giving been get, getting a look on the Rangers roster while McDonough has been out. It's it's really not that hard. You well, know what's well, the is difference?
1: Is? Because we don't we don't do it.
2: <laughs> uh, no, no, it's not that hard. Okay. That, that's the whole thing. Av thinks it's that hard, and it's just not. Um, you, you know what camphor is and it's, it's a trash can lit on fire. I, I won't even call him a traffic cone because I think that's insulting to traffic cones. Traffic cones serve a purpose. They tell you where not to drive a trash can lit on fire serves no purpose, which is what Steve camphor is. Um, he's bad. He's bad. And if you're trying to be a playoff team and you're giving Steve camper, even eight minutes a night, it's not going to work for you. It's just not going to do it. And you know what? As bad as camphor is, some of it's not even his fault because I, I think I made the comment to you in the first period and I continued to check. The, when the Rangers are the home team, they get the – one of the few advantages home teams get in the NHL besides crowd influence is you have last change. So when yep. the opposing team puts their five guys out for a faceoff, the Rangers have the ability to make an adjustment to whoever those five guys on the ice are. The Vancouver Canucks would put the Sedins on the ice, and Alain Vigneault would counter with Stahl and Kampfer. I, I don't understand. That, it's, it's not this hard. And uh, I forget what game it was earlier this year that we made this point where, oh, it was the Blues game because the same thing was happening when Tarasenko was on the ice.
1: Yeah, we put it's Holden right on, just, on him, right? I'm it's just sure
2: not that, that hard. Yeah. It's not that hard, guys. camper should not – if you're going to have to play camper you have to – hide him in some ways. And what AV was doing by his deployments was telling us that he thinks not only is Steve camper good enough to be in the Rangers lineup when everyone is fully healthy, but he's, <coughs> excuse me, bah. this comment is killing me. <laughs> AV thinks Steve camphor is an above average NHL defenseman because you do not put only average defensemen against the Sedins. I don't care if the Sedins are like 84 combined at this point. They're still elite offensive playmakers and you do not put your worst defensive pairing out against them. And that's no knock on Mark Stahl. Stahl didn't have a great game. Um, it's 100% a Mark uh, knock on Steve Camper because whoever Camper is paired with, if, unless it's McDonough becomes your worst defensive pairing. And AV was going out of his way to put Camper on the ice against the Sedins. And what happened? The Canucks controlled the puck in the offensive zone. Anytime Camper was on the ice, it was so frustrating to watch, especially in person, because it was like a slow train wreck happening right in
1: front of us. Let's talk about the goods. You know, sometimes we I think we ignore the goods on this podcast because we just okay. like complaining so much. Eh, it's, it's easier to complain. It's so easy to complain, but it's so hard to say that Jimmy VC has developed into a really nice offensive player. He's and, good. And the play between him and Rick Nash, uh, who, all, all, who I hate, as you know, Greg. Oh, um, you hate him so definitely much. Definitely hate, hate Rick Nash. Don't actually hate Rick Nash. Rate us five stars on iTunes. Um, The play when Rick Nash does like a 360 bat behind the back pass to Jimmy Vc who sets up like a deke in front of the goal was a thing of beauty. Jimmy Vesey playing without his two front teeth, by the way. Uh, Jimmy Vesey, as they call him, It had not only had that, but had the shootout goal with Rick Nash to send the game in one of the most exciting shootouts we've seen in a couple years. Maybe It was funny
2: because the, the shootout happened on the anniversary of Merrick Malik's between-the-legs game winner against the Capitals in like the 15th round of a shootout.
1: I really wanted to keep going, but I'm excited we won. I was ready for 11 rounds. I
2: wasn't. Shootouts are fucking stressful.
1: Yeah, I saw someone today say that shootouts are the most stressful thing in sports. I was like, you haven't watched playoff hockey. Because everything about playoff hockey from start to finish is the worst, and I don't know why I do it to myself.
2: I feel like any sport in overtime is stressful, except for maybe the NFL, which is just bad in overtime. You NFL could, needs to I don't mean to get on a tangent, but oh, the NFL needs to we adopt do. the NFL needs to adopt college football overtime rules. College right? football overtime I is hate, the best
1: overtime. I, I, I say this every week. I hate football, but college overtime in football is amazing. Everyone- college,
2: college is amazing, especially compared to the NFL. It, it, that has become painfully clear this year, but the college football overtime is just so much better than NFL overtime.
1: Is it uh, no? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's each team gets a chance from the ten yard line as many times as possible, as long as they keep scoring. I think it's the twenty five yard line. Wow, it's that it's that far. Wow, that's yeah, awesome. It's yeah.
2: it's far enough where you get at least one fresh set of downs.
1: That's awesome. If, All right, see. So, you can get first. Hand, keep going. I just I hate the NFL. Um, do we want to go over and call our Fred Fitz? Mr. Fitzpatrick? Well, we, we didn't really
2: go over the positive
1: at all. We just said, Jimmy VC is oh, good. Oh, yeah, I, I, I just looked at the time. That's why. All right, um, let's talk about the rest of the positives. The offense seems to be clicking. Even though Mikko Sabinojad ha- did disappear for that last game, he's obviously been the focal point of this of this Rangers team and has really advanced his center play. is a is a bona fide 1C. And it really, I guess I would say that whole entire line, Butchnevich, Kreider... And because Zavinajad has been a highlight of this entire season where they're just overtaking games. It's very obvious every single time they're on the ice. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah,
2: I, I wouldn't even... Well, I just wouldn't even say it was unfair. I, I think it's unfair to say Mika had a bad game. He was uh, just, I just
1: not as noticeable as usually as Usually, is. You're going to have off nights yeah, like that. Not not well, off nights, but less noticeable. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call
2: it an off night. I just think other players were more noticeable. Um, Rick Nash, Jim For BC. both for the good and the bad. Mostly for me personally um the bad was so much more noticeable than the good uh, but Nash Nash and VC were I think in my mind good throughout the game and it's it's nice to see that the Rangers have so much forward depth where VC couldn't get out of the fourth line until the third period where he started getting shifted higher up um, at the same time VC being buried is really my, it's the reason why I Jesper Fast does nothing wrong. He's a perfectly great player and he's actually been playing really well. I was actually just about to Nash say Jesper Fast has been
1: really incredible recently. He's I mean he scored two goals in the Carolina game.
2: And he scored uh, the first goal on Sunday. Yep. He's he's been he's been solid. So it's not an indictment of his play with what I'm about to say, but man, you would love to get VC more ice time and I think the clearest way to get VC more ice time is to put him with Nash and Hayes. Well,
1: I guess if we're still, like that. still talking about the rest of the good from the week, Brendan Smith actually looked like a serviceable defenseman. He doesn't really look, quote-unquote, out of shape. Uh, some of the hits he laid, the way he was skating, and some of his takeaways were rather impressive. I thought he looked really good out on the ice. Also, Brady Shea. Oh, my God. The Brady Shea assist on the overtime goal in versus the, the Red Wings over the weekend was pure heaven. He just fought off two different defenders to... Pass it clear across the ice for the goal. And I have to say, Brady Shea has been impressive with McDonough going out. I think he knew he needed to step up, and he did.
2: Shea's been good all year. Um, His partnership with Shattenkirk has been surprisingly strong. I I thought it was a mismatched pairing when they first got put together, but I have zero complaints about their work on the ice. And they've been getting top pairing um, assignments with McDonough being injured. And they have not disappointed in these last three games. Smith, like you said, I I haven't seen anything wrong with him in his play since he came back from his uh, punishment, I guess is what we can call it. He The numbers really weren't there his first two games out. He looked a little lost. The Red Wings game wasn't great for him, but he was solid through and through when the Rangers needed him most on Sunday. Uh, he was one of the more consistent defensemen they had going, especially – when Camper was doing his best just to lay an egg, um, I—it's almost like Smith should have been in the lineup. Maybe I don't know the entire year. Hmm. Hmm. Crazy. Hmm.
1: I just—I don't—I don't get it. He was out of shape, Greg. He couldn't play hockey. He was too fat. He—he he too hard.
2: Man, I love it. Last year everything was Kevin Hayes, twenty pounds of muscle off season.
1: This year it's uh, Brendan Smith just out drinking every night. Too good looking.
2: Yeah, it's almost like the beat, the beat guys just have a real problem. They just, the beat guys in the summer, all they're doing is just trolling Planet Fitnesses and New York sports clubs and stuff like that instead of, I don't know, literally doing anything else.
1: We have a really good reputation with everyone that works at MSG and the beat guys, so that's nice. Um, (laughs) To be
2: fair, it's not all the beat guys. There are beat guys that are great. There's one in particular we don't have a a nice relationship with, that's all. It's just Steve fucking Zippe. Oh, him? I don't (laughs) care. He blocks us. It's not like he can see anything we do. Man, if he ever finds out. Personal accounts, though, we can still see his tweets. He's gonna get,
0: pissed. yeah, we just
1: switched. We just switched, Steve. It takes us three seconds. Yeah. I can God. still
2: see all your meaningless tweets that provide no insight whatsoever. The only thing I use it, honestly, the only thing I use Zip A for are um blinds and rust and um lineup announcements. Everything else he does, I, I couldn't care less. Good for you.
1: And that was Zip you, Zip have A- no,
2: you have no purpose. And
1: that was our two year anniversary, which is Steve to Uh, let's uh go over. <laughs>
2: We did mention that we have we have a Patreon goal centered around Steve Zippe if we ever get there. It's going to be great.
1: I totally forgot about this. We're doing the deep dive on Steve deep, deep Zippe, right? That's what that's what's happening? Search, searching for Steve. We're going to do an eight-part miniseries on oh uh, Searching for Steve. I can't believe that's Figuring real- out
2: what made him so miserable.
1: Okay. Like talking to his friends and family and such?
2: Oh, yeah. I got his third-grade teacher lined up. No problem. That's amazing.
1: All right. Uh, let's move over to Fitzy, and then we'll uh, – I guess we'll do that hockey and do that podcasting. Right? Okay.
3: Transition.
1: And we have Brendan Fitzpatrick. I mean Fitzgerald. I mean Brendan <laughs> Fitzy GSN from Gotham Sports Network. Fitz, say hello.
3: What's up, everyone? Thanks for having
2: me back on, guys. Course, Appreciate it. Of
1: course, man. It's you
2: look good. you look more like a Fitzsimmons. At in all fairness, so
1: that's a good podcast. Everyone, I've can had see that too.
2: Yeah. I've gotten that too.
1: <laughs> Mr. What,
2: what are the iterations of Fitz? There's Fitzpatrick, Fitzsimmons, Fitzgerald. Fitz Morris, I've seen a
3: couple of. It's more, I think Fitzgibbons might be one, too. Oh, well, that, yeah, I've heard that one. That's a rare one, but that's those are like the, the core core four, core five, I guess you could go with.
1: That reminds me of the time the Yankees we had Bernie Williams and <laughs> the core four. Sorry, guys. All right, so let's talk. <laughs> you wrote an article talking about trading Rick Nash. Did you not?
3: I did. That is that is correct.
1: Greg has a hard and steadfast opinion on this. I uh, could be swayed either way, even though I kind of know my opinion already. But <laughs> I would like you to tell us what that article was sort of about.
3: Sure. So quick synopsis, the spark notes of it is, um, you know, obviously Rick Nash is a unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Um, $7.8 million cap hit. He is, you know, having a good year. He's having Rick Nash year. He's doing all the right things. He's not really scoring as much. As he has in the past or really, you know, pretty much since that 42 goal season, it's been a, it's been a pretty steep decline in goals going for him. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, it's just looking at that the Rangers, they really don't have a choice here with with the way that they're trying to move. Or And then that's another point that we'll get to, I guess, that I talk about in the articles that like the state of the Rangers is so murky and so clouded with like what their direction is that it's hard to make trades like this because you really what are what are the Rangers right now? Like they are the team that is literally in the dreaded middle. you know, they're not they're not a cup contender and they're not bottoming out. So, you know, what direction are they trying to go? Are they still trying to compete as long as they have Henrik Lundqvist? Are they are they trying to just stock up and rebuild? Are they trying to dump salary? Are they still trying to go for it this year? So, like from my point of view, it's that the Rangers no matter what, no matter where they are come February when the trade deadline rolls around, um they need to trade Rick Nash. They need to recoup something from him because the, the chance of losing him in the offseason this guy that you gave up so much for, you know, five years ago, almost, you need to recoup something for him, and you can't have him walk away for nothing. And the fact is that he's a very valuable trade asset right now. You know, I'm looking at TSN's trade bait list, and outside of maybe Evander Kane and James Neal, I don't think there's one other forward on that list that I'd rather have than Rick Nash. I mean, they have Vanek and Perron ranked ahead of him, which I, uh. I guess, I guess because of cap cap hit i guess that makes sense but but the rangers are will can retain salary and and that's salary cap stuff can be worked around um but, but at the end of the day i just think rick nash he's a he's a really useful player and he could help a team out you know that's that's a cup contender or even the step below cup contender that thinks they're a piece or two away you know he, he hits hockey trade bingo uh you play him in your top nine uh you pay, play him on the penalty kill you play him on the power play. Uh, you could use him in a shutdown role. You could have him provide some offense. You know, he's just—he's a great player, and I think that the—it sucks that they are in this position. But I think that if you don't trade him, you're just—you're really screwing yourself.
1: So, Greg, I'm going to let you do this first. Okay. Well,
2: yeah, I'm still dying. It's fine. Um, what this really comes down to is Keith Yandel deja vu. This is
1: exactly. that's what I was say.
2: That's, that's exactly what we're talking about. Uh, it's the same position the Rangers were in a year and a half ago with Keith Yandel when. The talk was, are the Rangers good enough with him right now to make a cover on the answer then was no. <sighs> and no. are the Rangers gonna have enough money to re-sign him? And the answer was always no because I mean, just look at the contract that he got. The Rangers were never gonna come close to that deal in free agency. Here's the thing we also learned from Keith Yandel, though. The Rangers are never going to trade a guy at the deadline to recoup assets. This is not the it's not the team they are. They I when's the last time they've done it? Any time they've been Anywhere around a playoff spot, I think this organization, they like putting asses in seats in Madison Square Garden during the playoffs. I, 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 I think the organizational goal is every year we have to make the playoffs, where us as fans look at it as making the playoffs isn't enough. But I, I think there's a disconnect between what we think as fans and what the front office thinks. I think if the, if the if Rangers miss the playoffs, it's a catastrophic failure. Whereas if us as fans say if we miss, miss the playoffs, it's not, it's not necessarily the end of the world if the team's doing the right things. So if the front office changes their opinion, yeah, I think you talk about trading Rick Nash. I just – as long as the Rangers are hovering around a playoff spot, I don't ever see it happening. It's just – it's not what the do this you think org- It's not like a smart
1: move. Like I know you think the Rangers won't do it, but do you think it would make sense to actually trade him because there's a chance we can't retain him? And it would be nice to get an asset such as a draft pick.
2: Yeah, I think it's I, because exactly what Brandon said. Let's be honest. This Rangers team's not winning a Stanley Cup this year. So if if the end of the goal is to win a Stanley Cup for an organization like the Rangers, which it is, and this team is not capable of doing it, then I think you need to start playing a little bit for 2018-19. And I, there's a chance Rick Nash is in the Rangers' plans for next year. I, I Even at a discount, as Brandon was making a point in his article it's hard because you look at the four restricted free agents the Rangers are going to have to deal with this upcoming year. Uh, Brandon, you mentioned yep. the two obvious ones are Hayes and Miller, but then they also have to deal with Shea, and they're also going to have to deal with V.C. Yep. Um, it's it's hard. It's a good thing the Rangers haven't maxed out their cap this year, so they're yep. going to roll cap over. But even with the cap they have plus the nearly $8 million that comes off the books with Nash plus the <coughs> – Million and a half. See, Brandon's sick too. I'm not the only We're one. We're all sick. Oh, I'm dying me? out here.
1: I'm trying to get
2: million and a half that comes off the book with your boy Pavlik. Um, yeah,
3: I hate that. There's guy.
2: Grabner there's, too. Yep, Grabner comes off the books. There's some wiggle room, but there's not a lot. Um, but here's, uh, we'll go back to this, and I'll be interested to hear Brandon's point on this because we talked about it with Woj. Even if you trade Nash, I still think the Rangers are going to trade Miller too. I don't see them. Resigning all four of those restricted free
1: agents. It's just so hard to trade Miller.
3: Yeah, I actually happen to agree with you on on. I I don't think out of those four, I I, I agree that one of them will be gone, and I I surely hope it's not JT Miller. Um, I would rather see what you can get for VC, but his his value really isn't that high. I mean, Jimmy VC is just a he's an okay player, you know. Despite
1: of what he's been doing recently, is
3: what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's played well. He's played well, and but I, I just think he's more. He's just like a top nine, you know, replaceable type forward. I don't. I don't think he. I think he was extremely overrated coming out of college. I, I always thought that when he was even there before he signed with the Rangers, I never really got all the hype. Okay, it's just a classic, you know, American media in the middle of August when there's nothing to talk about with hockey. You know, what? let's just talk about all these guys in college that aren't are on a team yet. And, you know, most of the time these guys are marginal players. Obviously, you hit gold like the Devils kind of did with Will Butcher because he's, he's fantastic. Um, but still, I mean, the, the you know, VC to me is the one I would look to be, I, I don't want Miller gone. I actually – JT Miller to me is just I, – I love, I love his game. I love everything about the way that the, he plays. And he's one of those guys I want to keep around. The contract is just – it's going to be really weird trying to work that out long term.
2: Yeah. The the conversation we've had is you look at the the four that are gonna be up as RFAs. Brady Shea is the no-doubter, you have to get him signed first. He's Absolutely. not going anywhere. He's the foundational building block of your defense with Shattenkirk, uh, and hopefully McDonough, even though McDonough we gotta talk about oh, in a year and a half as well. Then VC in my mind, you can get on a I'm not a big bridge deal guy, but I think you can get VC for two years at something under two million dollars annually. And that's a good depth piece to have as a top nine forward that you can slide between your second and third line. So then it really comes down to who's more important for the Rangers, Kevin Hayes or J.T. Miller. And while I think we're all in agreement that J.T. Miller is a more talented player, I think Kevin Hayes is more important to the Rangers long term just because if you lose Hayes, too, you, you are a literal team with Mika
3: Zibanejad. Yeah, you have no centers, no centers.
2: As hype as I am on Heedle and as hype as I am on Leas Anderson, you're talking about a team that's going to be relying on two guys under the age of 20 to carry 66% of their offensive production from their top nine lives. That, top nine forwards. That's, that's tough. Even for exceptionally talented players, that's tough. So when you, when you just think about where people have to play on the Rangers teams moving forward, I don't see how JT Miller can be more important for the team than Kevin Hayes, even if we all agree that JT Miller is the more talented player, which I think we all do.
1: We definitely do. JT Miller is the more talented player. We actually, didn't we talk about trading JT Miller for a bunch of different defensemen over the past two years? We yeah. we had our chance to to sign JT Miller for a long-term deal, and we decided we weren't sure he was good, so we bridge-dealed him. Now we have to deal with that consequence. What I At the time, Greg, what did we say? Do you even remember when we said for the bridge deal? We said it was probably a good idea, right?
2: I think it's one of the – again, I'm, I'm never really the proponent of a bridge deal because when the bridge deal expires, you find yourself in the exact same situation the Rangers are currently in right now. It's, it's, it's hard. But when the Rangers and, – and here's the other part of it. If the Rangers extended Miller long-term two years ago, he's not a, he wasn't a $5 million-a-year player then, and he's easily that now. Easily, yeah. If, if, you, if you got Miller extended long-term back then, you're probably talking about a contract – below three and a half annually for four to five years, which would have been a steal
3: of a, con- a, steal of a contract. Here's like One of those one. Victor Arvidson type contracts where you look exactly. back on and you're just like, how, how the hell did anybody let this happen? You know,
2: Right. And here's the other reason why bridge deals really are a bad idea. It's because there's never a bridge deal that's such a high financial value that it becomes immovable. Even if JT Miller didn't blossom this way, there would have been a team that would have been willing to take a three and a half million dollar risk on it um it's when you see the free agent contracts that are getting handed out to guys that are not as good as JT Miller is and you could have got that type of player at a much lower number for a longer term than two years makes you think a couple times why didn't they just do this before but this is the situation bridge deals they're a double-edged sword because on one hand you got Miller for less for two years than you would have had to pay him for five and on the other hand it's, it's, it's a poorly hedged bet because now he's going to cost you twice as much as what he would have if you just gave him the long-term deal two years ago.
3: The only time the Rangers have really ever gotten the, uh, the bridge deal, lock him up long-term thing was with McDonough. It's the only time they've ever really done it right, I think, because um, they did it with Stepon. They did the bridge, and it screwed them after that because, you know, as much as I love Derek Stepon, he was probably slightly overpaid. And they could have had him locked up a lot longer for a lot less if they did it two years earlier. So, you know, I don't, I don't really trust the Like I don't trust the Rangers brass with bridge deals at all. uh, Given the, given their history with it at least. Yeah, no, it's, it's a slippery slope. And
2: again, I, I I mean, I was not even five minutes ago. I said bridge dealing Jimmy VC, not the end of the world, but I, with VC, I think given him a two-year deal, he's just, he's an older player when it comes to quote unquote, young talent. Like he's, He's on the older end of that spectrum and has only been in the league for two years. So it's not – I don't think Jimmy Vesey's ever going to blossom into a guy where you're going to have to pay him $5 million, million annually. So if you, can, if you can manipulate the numbers and save a million on a two-year deal with your ninth best forward, I, you can do it. I, I won't hold a grudge against you. But it's when they do it for guys like a Kevin Hayes. Not—I Actually, I think they did bridge Kevin Hayes. They did
1: bridge Kevin Hayes. Yep, we did yeah. both and at this, the same time.
2: Yeah, this they've put themselves in this. If they bridge Brady Shea, I'm I'm already uh, in. It. It's going to be horrific if they if they bridge Shea. It's going to be an
3: absolute disaster. Well, because then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pay McDonough, and then the year after that you're gonna have to pay Shea, and you're just not gonna have to cap. Still got unless they somehow get out of the Stall contract, which
2: I don't. They could, I, I even as well as Stahl's playing this year, I still think he's a buyout candidate after the season. Yeah,
3: I agreed. Agreed.
1: See, I I just don't think so. I, if aV's the coach, we've seen that he has a lot of um. I will call it dick swinging power, and Mark <laughs> Stahl is one of his boys. There's no way he goes anywhere. Like Girardi, I know was a.k. also one of his boys, but Girardi was playing like uh, horseshit. Now Mark Stahl is playing I, as a serviceable defenseman. He's, he's not just playing shit,
2: Mark Stahl. Yeah, not horse shit, just shit. Not horse shit.
1: Shit, just shit in general.
2: Well, here's, here's the thing. I, just based on defensive pairing assignments that we've seen over the years, I think you can make the argument that Dan Girardi was more of an AV boy than Stahl has ever been. Because Girardi, at his worst, was still getting top pairing minutes with McDonough. Whereas Stahl has never been – while Stahl has gotten important assignments in important game situations – He's never been gifted those kind of Girardi minutes. Not, not in the way Dan Girardi was. So if, in my mind, if Dan Girardi can be bought out, I really think anyone can be
1: bought out. I just don't think this team does it. I don't think they want to have two buyout contracts they're paying for the next, like, what, seven, eight years?
2: Yeah, but but back to the heart of Fitz, your point is, would I, would I personally trade Rick Nash? Yeah, because I'm, I'm with you guys. I don't think the Rangers are a Stanley Cup team, and if they're not a Stanley Cup team, there isn't a need for someone like Rick Nash on this roster, especially when he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And it's, it's kind of like a – Ryan, you made this mention before. It's kind of like a Chapman situation. There's no saying – that if the Rangers really want Nash back, just re-sign him in the offseason. It's not, it's, it's not unheard of for a guy to be traded and not return as a really free agent. It's really if Rick
1: Nash wants trade. to become a Ranger again that's at yeah. that point.
3: And I think he's, he's enough of a pro to kind of to get it. He get, I think Rick Nash gets the business side of hockey. So like, I don't think his feelings would be hurt if they traded him and then wanted to bring him back, you know?
2: Right. And if the Rangers paint it
3: like, hey, man, look, we want you back next year, but we're not winning a cup this year.
2: And we think you're good enough to go on a cup run with a deserving team. We'd love to talk contract with you in the offseason. Let's talk then. For now, we want to recoup some assets for you, and we want to make sure you're on a playoff contender. Like there's a way you can paint the picture to Nash where you're not coming off as a bad guy.
1: But then again, we just don't trade them. Like you like the point you made, Greg. Right. That's, right?
2: that's that's really my point at the end of the day. Yeah. As the nice only- as this scenario sounds like, the Rangers are not an organization that sells off assets when they think they have a playoff
3: team. You're absolutely you're one hundred percent right. And the only one you can even like kind of make a case for is Callahan, but he was traded for Saint Louis, which was a, a win a now piece. move. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, like, I always, I always remember when I remember clearly when Glenn Sather had his, his conference call about, Callahan. He said, um, you know, we had two deals on the table: one to help out the team, long term, and another to, to help out the team right now. And I think the the long term one was like a trade with the Sharks for like a bunch of picks and prospects. So like, there's if, a bunch of picks of that, Brett
1: Burns. Oh no. Yeah, man.
3: yeah. <laughs> Who wants that guy? He's a bum. Do <laughs> uh, you see how many block shots he gets? None, I bet. Zero. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my that's that's like you're you're to quote Pierre Maguire, you're you're bang on with that point that they don't they don't do it they don't they don't yeah. people off. Wait, I, Pierre I Maguire says
1: bang on.
3: Oh, all the time. Oh my god, you're bang on, Doc and Eddie. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> um,
2: yeah. Just to, I just even when Sather says something like we had two offers on the table, I don't think Sather ever would have <laughs> taken the long term option. I. It's it's just this team's mentality is we need to make the playoffs at all costs. Because think about it, instead of instead of the Rangers trading Keith Yandle, they traded for Eric Stahl. Like yeah. it, it didn't make any sense when the Rangers made that stall move. And then everything that happened with that, him not being used properly by A V, the Rangers getting smoked by the Penguins, stall leaving for Minnesota and proving that He's he wasn't washed filled. up. Uh, <laughs> unreal. So it, this is a nice thought to have, and I, I 100% agree that if the Rangers, they need to take a hard look in the mirror, and if they're truly, quote-unquote, rebuilding on the fly, which I think is the biggest lie we've ever been told as Ranger fans, they're not going to trade Rick Nash because they need to get to the playoffs. And they're not going to, get, they're not going to make the playoffs if they get rid of Rick Nash because they don't have a player on the roster that can adequately fill those important shoes this year. There not exist. He doesn't exist. This...
3: I don't know. Paul Carey looks pretty good lately.
1: Yeah, dog dog. Oh, <laughs> we we actually talked about this before you came on about Paul Carey, Camper, and DeHarnay, and what we're really going to do with them. Do we have anything to do? It's 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 not this team. Like those are the weak points of this team. If we replace them, obviously replacing them is not easy. It's hard to get good talent. You can't just take yeah. them up off the street, unless you know. No, you probably can't. Never mind. Not gonna. Not for, gonna.
2: <laughs> yeah, for, for people not. That- Understanding Ryan, that's that's pure sarcasm. Because again, Camper Camper is a trash can lit on fire. He is he is just. I watched the Minimites play in between the first and second period of the Ranger game. I identified at least four nine year olds that were better than Steve Camper.
1: I, it's Camper must really like if he's. You think he listens to this every week and just shakes his head like those guys don't know what the work I put in.
2: He's taking notes. He I don't know. He, I don't know if Camper has the mental capacity to understand what a podcast is. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: He's not, he's not like a terrible person, Greg. He just can't play hockey.
2: He could be a nice guy, but, I look, I can only judge a guy based on what he does on the ice when I see him, and that that's all I'm going to say about okay. that.
1: All right. Um,
2: I, hey, man, I'm not the only one that has hate. You can't stand Rick Nash. Here I you are, love
1: just... Rick Nash. He's a great player. I just want him to do better. That's all. Yeah. I mean, he's done really – since since I, I came on this podcast like three weeks ago and was like, you know what? Has Rick Nash really thrown anything this year? He's really shoved it up my ass because he's – He's been t- well lately. He's done nothing but like do amazing 360s in front of the net with full body control while making passes across the body and be amazing the whole time. I hate that guy. Um, Greg, uh, where, what else do we have today? Is, is What else do you want to talk about, Fitz? You, the whole Ranger season, you have any other hot takes? You don't want to throw nonsense at you? Betting. Ooh. My friend. Oh,
3: bet, betting! You know I'm always down for some of that. Yeah, um,
1: let's talk some hot bets this week, my friend. And, and also, you you starting a podcast for this thing, or you want to plug that or announce that yet? Or my yeah, spot? yeah,
3: eventually one of these days I'll be you know starting. I'm starting my own uh, own gambling podcast. The closing line with my buddy Squints. Uh, we we used to do one for our buddies over at Gotham SN. Sadly, uh, we we're, we're done. So we're just working on getting that back up. This is kind of my favorite time of year for gambling. Um, college basketball season is. Outside of the NHL, I like college basketball. It's by far my favorite sport, and uh, pretty much you could find me. I'll probably be tweeting about all the games tonight. Um, you know, as a as a Cuse alum, I uh, I'm heavily involved in in watching all this shit. I'm heavily
1: involved in some scandals, is what you're trying to say.
3: I uh, I actually off the air. We can talk about some stories about that. Okay, um,
0: okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, if, if it's if it's throwing Jerry McNamara or fucking Eric Devendorf under the bus, let me. I'm in mean, 100%. I see,
3: I see McNamara. I saw McNamara all the time because uh, he, he's a coach there now. So he's he's all around the place. Um, I, saw, I
1: somehow didn't know you went to Syracuse. Now uh, explains why you podcast. So that's good.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I didn't really get it before.
3: I, I was an IT major too. So I'm a guy getting into media from IT. IT. Makes sense for Syracuse grad. Oh,
1: that's because, Greg, what were you? Sportscom?
3: Sportscom. Well, that works
1: right. out. That's why we're here. Ryan, what were you? Masters in psychology? You, oh, you Oh, oh you podcast? Oh <laughs> huh, Okay.
3: Right. It makes sense at the end of the day. Yeah, it um, really does. Go on, though. But, you know, again, gambling-wise, all I know is that the NFL has just been killing everyone lately because the favorites are covering at, like, an, abs- an absurd rate the past few weeks. So if you're, if you're betting the NFL, I highly suggest you honestly stop for the next couple weeks because it's just been such a shit show this year. It's, it's truly incredible to see how, like, week to week, I, 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 ca- I cannot tell. Who to bet on, who's good, who's not good outside of the Eagles and the Patriots. That's literally it. I was about to say, how many yeah. weeks
1: in a row have the Patriots covered? Like 19?
3: Pretty much, I think, since week one. And I, I think I think the Eagles have covered every week pretty much this year. That seems I don't crazy. understand anyone
2: who's betting against the Eagles at this point in time. They're a cover they, machine. I think even their loss, they were an underdog and they covered.
3: Yeah, yeah, the loss to the Chiefs when the Chiefs were good.
2: Remember
1: yeah. those days three weeks ago?
3: Like my, my goodness, what a Andy Reid, man. We'll talk about a guy being in the dreaded middle all the time. He he invented the dreaded middle. Oh, I just uh, the Chiefs the, the Chiefs
2: are fucked because I'm, I like college football a lot more <laughs> than I like the NFL now. And I was telling anyone who had ears that Deshaun Watson was gonna be the best quarterback in this draft. You actually were Agreed. and, and the, anyone anyone who thought otherwise was just overthinking themselves. The reason and, I didn't trust you though
1: is because you said this before.
2: I've said it hundreds of times before. Yes. And the Eagles treat up, trade up in the draft to get their quarterback air. And for whatever reason, they still pass into Sean Watson. Pat Mahomes is going to blow. Not the Eagles.
1: stink. The, the Chiefs.
2: I said the Chiefs. Did I say the Chiefs? You said the Eagles. I meant the Chiefs. I,
1: hate <laughs> football. I just want to remind everyone that I hate football and don't watch.
2: I, Pat Mahomes <laughs> is going to be terrible. to yeah, <laughs> ask Alex Smith to be benched for Pat Mahomes. You're asking Alex Smith to be benched for a worse Alex Smith. Yeah, I'm the Mahomes guy. Um, it's, Watson was clearly the best. Yep. Mitchell Trubisky going second overall when he couldn't win more than eight games at North Carolina. He started one season, one season. One season. He wasn't good enough to start multiple seasons at North Carolina. This isn't that hard, people.
3: Yeah, told Watson
2: insane. beat NFL caliber defenses twice. Re-
3: regularly. Every year, basically, just would uh, trounce people. Um, I, I don't know. It's absurd. Um, all I know is college basketball tonight. Uh Probably bet on bet on Maryland against Syracuse. No, I, this is
1: not coming out until tomorrow, or is that? Or you, oh, is this for Tuesday? Is what you're saying?
3: Tuesday, Tuesday. All right. Well, Tuesday, Tuesday I, I'll, I'll give you something. Give uh, me some hot ones. Saturday, I know Cincinnati plays Xavier, so okay. uh, just bet the under because probably half the t- pretty much everyone on the team is going to get ejected because there's going to be like a Crabtree to leave type fight in that game. Okay. <laughs>
2: Did you see Alabama on Saturday, not the football team, oh, yeah, basketball Yeah, the three, three on five.
3: Unbelievable. And they they cut the score. Oh, yeah. So Kyle to, Sexton was draining threes. Like, it was crazy. To explain
1: this to people, there was a basketball game, a college basketball game out at Alabama where the entire Alabama team got ejected. Then two people got hurt, and they had to play three on five. There you
3: go. I had Alabama, too, as the, the fourth leg of a parlay. And uh, Moneyline, I was I was f- fucking furious. I was walking around my basement just try, like throwing shit around. I was so annoyed. And then I saw they start coming back. I'm like, oh, if this fucking happens.
2: Yeah. You should've, they should have paid you double if you actually won that game.
3: Oh, it should just yeah. You know now, Hopefully, my bookie listens to this on Tuesday, so <laughs> he'll he'll reimburse me.
1: Fun story. One of our first podcast episodes since our, our two year anniversary, right now. Greg talked about his bookie went to jail.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. Really. Fun story. I was miserable. I was asking people if they knew another bookie because I my, <laughs> mine was in jail for it was drug related. It wasn't. It wasn't pretty. Um
1: yeah, I didn't think it was. He was in jail.
2: No, no it's fine. No, now I, I just now I just use my bookie.
1: Dot com. Yeah.
2: Uh, dot com. That, no, that, it's not .com. It's, not, it's mybookie.ag. Oh, was that a plug? Oh, it's one of the AGs. Wow. Yeah, it's an, it's an AG. Do you like I don't, how we're, we're sponsoring this
1: fucking MyBookie website without even, like, they don't they don't even know we exist? Thank you, guys. Right. Really
2: you'd, you'd like MyBookie. They pay out in Bitcoin.
1: Do they? Woo! Yeah. Ripple boys. Guys, getting a ripple right now. All right. Anyway. Um,
3: one last gambling advice, too. Uh, people should start hammering the NHL unders because, let's be real, the coaches are going to start sucking the life out of the game soon with the way they uh, – you know, traps and, and playing for overtime and stuff like that. And uh, I'm a big fan of starting to hammer the unders moving forward here. That
1: actually brings up a good point. The scoring has been up this year, like, pretty statistically a lot. That was a great way of saying that. And you're, you're saying you think that the coaches are going to adjust by playing the trap and being more defensive, and that'll end up making all the games go to under?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think just what this time of year is when you see the coaches really get their hands on their teams, like implementing their mm-hmm. system, like, you see it pretty much full out. And I think teams, you know, obviously you just hear the standings like get beat to death, like, oh, you want to be in a playoff spot by Christmas, and I think coaches take that shit to heart. Dude, in the Metro, it
1: doesn't really matter. You're going to be fighting to the end.
3: Not at all, yeah. No, certainly. I mean, the Metro doesn't matter, but like a lot of the other divisions and and three-point games and everything like that, I think coaches just, they they like to play it. Like, you're going to see third periods in like a 2-2 game where both teams are kind of playing for overtime. Like, they're not not going – you know, it's not like the earlier in the season where like there's four or five two on ones in uh, in like a period or something right. like that. Like there's no there's no fire fire wagon hockey. It's kind of like, the, it's like the,
1: the Leaves Ranger game from earlier this year when they were uh, yeah just exactly. You're not going
3: to see it's going to be more like playoff style hockey where you know the, the clutching and grabbing gets coming back into it a little more and, and you know the game slows down. So I just I just think unders and and the line Vegas is adjusted putting a lot of lines at six for totals and five and a half so. You you can get some value there betting unders. It's, they're mostly favorites, but it's it, if you lay enough, you could probably make some decent money going forward. My question now, is, oh, oh sorry, Greg. I was gonna go if you're if you're betting unders,
2: so you're gonna lay off the uh, you're gonna go back to betting money lines in hockey. You're not gonna bet the spread anymore.
3: No, yeah, I stay off. I try to stay off puck lines. Uh, they're they're tough to me. I, I can never get a read on them for some reason. I I personally love puck lines because any if you're taking
2: so if like the. If the Maple Leafs are going up against the Sabers, I I just if a money line in hockey is ever over minus one eighty for the favorite, if you're that confident they're going to win, just say they're going to win by two and yeah, take, that's take the money because there's never a puck line that's under plus one eighty for a minus one and a half. So I'll be a big puck line guy. But it's definitely it's definitely matchup dependent. I wouldn't recommend it all the time. It's just if you're so yeah, if you're yeah, confident if you're if you're willing to bet money on a team who's a minus one eighty or higher favorite, just say be co- be as confident saying they're going to win by two because what's the difference
3: yeah that's a good point there and there's a lot of value that could be had there too like you're saying if, if you if you see a matchup you really like so yeah
2: i'm a big if your team if a team is supposed to win and they're up three too late that other team's pulling the goalie with the last 90 seconds yeah. so get that yeah goal at least cover.
3: at least 90 seconds that's another thing you see a lot of more empty nets earlier so more chances for uh, empty net goals Fitzy, the
1: question I was going to ask, obviously you study a lot of gambling. How do you feel about the values on betting over-unders before the season? Because those are the bets that I'm always suckered in by. I, oh, I know what's going to happen here.
3: I uh, I, I usually don't do the the over-unders with, with hockey teams. you so you talking, talking about hockey spe- talk about, actually, specifically. Talk right? about all
1: sports, actually, because baseball and, and football is where I feel the most confident. and I'm usually wrong.
3: Yeah, baseball. I, I'm I'm awful in baseball. I I did a the only team I actually had like close to being right this year was the Diamondbacks and over on them. So, um, you know, other than that, I try to, I try to stay away from over unders. Uh, NFL. I always get sucked into it. I um yep. I always look I always look for teams like there's always cool trends about teams that finish like there's certain divisions like teams finish last. Yep. And where they end up finishing the next season, I kind of like looking at that stuff. So uh, I, I think it was the NFC South. Uh, where, like, there's, like, four or, th- four or five straight years where the team that finished last would win the division the next year. So, like, it, those obviously aren't, like, sustainable trends. But, man, if they're happening and, and you see them for a couple of years, hop on until they stop. You know, that's, that's like, my gambling philosophy. Like, earlier in the year, I was all over NHL overs. You know, every night, every night, I was betting all the games, just a couple bucks here and there because uh, they, were, they were winning. Mm-hmm. And they were going, like, on a Tuesday or Thursday or Saturday, which is the big game nights. Um, you know, there's 15 games on. You, they, sometimes they were going like eleven and four, you know, twelve and two and one, and you could get great value with some of them if they were over six and they were plus money or some things like that. So you know, with with trends and stuff, I'm a big once you start on them, go until they go until it's broken. You know, just keep riding it until you can. So that's one of the reasons I'm switching back to unders, is because you know they've been starting to come back towards the mean a lot of uh 500 type nights if you're winning you you know it might be like seven and eight or eight and seven or like six seven and one or some shit like that so you know once it starts getting more towards that um that's one of those things i try to i try to keep an eye on and the one other the one hockey bet that everyone should two actually two things that every hockey gambler should do um one track bye weeks again this year okay because when teams were coming off a of bye they got slaughtered last year um so you always bet the team that's not coming off the buy, mm. And the day after the All-Star break, all the overs. I think they went like 12-3 uh, and three last year.
1: Okay. Um, before we let you go out of here, because I know you got to get going, um, I do want to come on your podcast when you do baseball over Like I'm a guaranteed lock for that podcast. <laughs> like There's a 100% chance.
3: You have an open invite.
1: Thank you. I'll fucking be there. Um, I want to ask both of you a nonsense question. It's a little bit of shit-talking. If you guys don't mind, before, before we get <laughs> before, out of
3: before, here. You jump, before you jump in the nonsense, uh,
2: okay. I, as a Mets bro, I would be offended if we uh, brought Fitz out. I didn't ask. Sorry, go take. ahead,
1: Greg. <laughs> yeah, I'd,
3: I'd, I'd be hurt if I didn't get his insight on what he thinks the Mets are going to do this offseason. Okay. Uh, what are the Mets going to do? They're going to – oh, I just saw something that they're interested in, Adam Lind. So uh, I I really, I don't like that at all. Neither do I. I think what the Mets always do, Greg, you know, they're going to keep in their way through and sell us all that the new training staff healed their arms and all the pitchers arms and shit. That's
1: awesome. guys. Anyway, anyway, as a Yankees fan, Otani posted (laughs) a, what he needs in a team. And he said, I need a good medical training staff. So what's it like to be out of the Otani sweepstakes this early?
3: (laughs) It's fucking bullshit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I, I will say I am intrigued. If the Mets actually follow through with their pitching principles uh, I'd be intrigued, but it, it all depends on one: if they actually sign relievers, and two, who those relievers are. Yeah. I'm interested if they sign if they go on a run and they sign Brian Shaw and Mike Miner. Okay. That's good. I'm with that. I'm cool I'm with interested. it. I can I can live with that. But they keep getting connected in the first base sweepstakes to guys yeah, I like don't, I don't get that. I don't no understand. They want Adam Lind or Logan Morrison. I'd rather shoot myself for both. Yeah, guys. Logan Morrison's a prick too. I'm not i I'd rather just sign Duda for four million. Bring him back.
1: Yeah,
3: bring him back. He's actually good. He's there. It is, uh,
1: guys. He's actually good. Great.
3: He's, he's actually a good baseball player. <laughs> yeah. No. Right. That's that's a very
2: long-standing uh, Mets Twitter debate. People, there's a like anytime Duda's mentioned, it's hashtag
3: actually good. Oh, okay. If He hits a home run, you're gonna get t- thirty tweets about how it how it wasn't clutch enough. That's all that'll happen with Luke Suda. Oh my God.
1: Great Ray. Anyway, um, I, this is this is my problem from today, and I just want to get this out of the way. Then we'll get let you get out of here because I know you got to go, Fitz. Yep, no I, problem. I walked into my workplace bathroom, a shared place that everyone uses. Right, the toilet paper was out. The roll had like one sheet left. Mm. Now I, I'm not going that that the requirement that needs number two. That's what I'm all I'm saying. Is it my job to replace that toilet paper? No, like for the next person.
3: Absolutely not. The person whose job it was is the one who had it run out. So do, that's I, do I
1: find that person and be like, who did this? Is it, is it kosher to walk out and be like, who the fuck did this?
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of pretend like you never saw it. So that's how I would do I it. have
1: a feeling like a couple coworkers – because somebody saw it. I don't know who it was. We all share the bathroom. But like somebody saw it. And like if I was going number two at this point in time, I would have had a huge issue with this.
2: But I feel like you're the dick if someone comes out of the bathroom, like they saw you go in the bathroom earlier, yeah, and they go, Who didn't replace the toilet paper? and you knew it was out and you didn't do it. I feel like that makes you complicit.
3: It's a bad visual for sure when you see someone walking out like that. Um,
1: like I (laughs) know, I know now, though, I I know that it's not there. The next person who walks in for it, like I know they have to do this.
2: Yeah, so I'm think- a
3: very selfish human, so I'm, I'm all right with walking <laughs> I, out. No, I just, no no, thoughts. No second thoughts.
2: I, I personally never check what the toilet paper is unless I have to use it. Like I don't nope. go into a bathroom to take a piss and it, in my time in the bathroom be like, hmm, wonder if the toilet paper is I will wonder say
1: that pit. that mine is very obvious at my, at my workplace. It's like it's painfully like, yo, know, replace me. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I felt like I was in the moment. I was super conflicted. Like I don't know what – I ended up not doing it. I'll say that. But I, I do say I did want to come out and call people out. I think I will next time. Uh,
2: while we're talking bathroom talk, yeah, sure. um, I got a question for you, Fitz. If yes, sir. if you're dropping if you're dropping a number two in the toilet, right. and Hard a buddy next analysis. to you or a coworker next to you is doing the same thing, and the coworker sneezes while you're both in the bathroom. Do you say bless you. Do
1: you say bless <laughs> you
2: on the toilet? No. No, absolutely not. I a
1: hundred percent say it. No chance about it. Like, nice one. Bless you.
2: I would I would not. I feel like if I'm in the bathroom taking a poo, yeah. nothing else in the world exists. Okay. It's yeah. just me in the
3: bathroom. Me and Twitter. That's it.
1: Okay. I'm definitely saying it for sure, 100%. Um, I have a one one more shit question. How do you feel about Buffalo Wild Wings?
3: Oh, big fan. <laughs> what?
1: All right. Get, the, get off. It's been really nice uh, talking to you. <laughs> We're not let, him,
2: let him defend it. Why are you a big fan, Fitz? Okay.
3: I mean, I've never, I've never gone to Buffalo Wild Wings okay. and walked out and just been like, "Fuck, man!" Like I hate Buffalo Wild Wings. Beers, I'm wings always sports. like, "Damn, I can't wait to go back."
1: Beers, wings, sports. All right, I, what more do you need? I fucking hate Buffalo Wild Wings. You like? I bet you like John Franco too. Jeez. Uh, I,
3: I'm. Um. Do <laughs> we talk about John Franco like the baseball player?
1: We are actually. <laughs>
3: Yeah, of course. Once fucking, a Met, always a Met. I hate John Rico. <laughs> I fucking hate him. Fitz, Fitz is now my favorite guest. Yeah, great. Wonderful. Just how much he pisses
2: you off. I hate that
1: shit. Uh, I, 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 for a little bit of backstory, I ended up raising money for Puerto Rico uh, a couple months ago. And... Uh, one of the goals was at fifteen hundred dollars. Ha- I hate Buffalo Wild Wings. They ri- I used to work in an arcade. They ripped it down, replaced it with Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, they they still keep an arcade machine there for some reason to taunt me, and I have to drive past it every single day. So it's like driving past a, a funeral home. And no, it's, tough. Uh, it's really tough for me. And uh, <laughs> I, I pat- got the fifteen hundred dollar mark, and I said I would if I that happened, I would go to Buffalo Wild Wings, eat as many wings as possible, uh, and wear a I love John Franco T-shirt. I did that. Uh, I fulfilled my goal, and I still hate that place. That's all I'll say. Thank you so much.
3: Jeez. So I now, was, uh, now they're I definitely going to sponsor was, us, by my, the way. Just throwing that I out was
2: there. on my deathbed with something that felt like the flu and still made the four-hour drive down to watch Ryan do this.
1: Yes. It was a, <laughs> That's a, awesome. a miserable experience. I think I have the quotes uh, for me doing it. Maybe I'll post those online later, so that'll be fun. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Vits, anything you want to plug before you get out of here?
3: No nah, man, just uh, follow me on Twitter at FitzyGSN. Um, I'm kind of podcast Kryptonite nowadays, so hopefully your guys doesn't no, have we'll, any unfortunate we'll, things happen. We'll in be it, okay.
1: So. Former Garden Faithful.
3: <laughs> my three, my three uh, episodes stint.
1: Nice stint, dude. Really good.
2: So yeah. just for the record, you've now done as many Garden Faithful episodes as you've done Blue Shirts Breakaway episodes. Nice, this is true. Nice. This is true.
1: Nice. Welcome to the team. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much for coming on, Fitzy. If you don't follow Fitzy on Twitter, what are you doing? He is the best gift maker for the Rangers on Twitter. Uh, all the highlights, all that. Please follow him. He's a great one. Thanks for coming I on. I think we can
2: we – can, we can, we we've been pronouncing people the official X of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. We can call Fitzy the official gift maker of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. Yeah, I think that's fine. I like it. Yeah, With we can –
1: Hey, uh just want to ask for your permission because it's 2017, uh, consent, all that. Can we use your gifts?
3: Absolutely. That's my guy. I think I think Drew is used to your stuff yeah. in some of our posts too, right? Drew Drew, uh Drew, Drew got me. Drew, of course. Drew's a Drew's an angel, that kid. He asked right away.
1: Drew's the night like I've I've met Stephen Balquette and Drew might be the only person nicer. It's like unbelievable. Great I I don't, kid. I don't really understand what goes through his brain. And also he no. acts like he's forty three years old, he's twenty nine. Come on, Drew. I
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> you you can now well here here's a here's a Plug for you, Ryan. Since we haven't talked about it yet. Oh, okay. When Fitz comes to our Rangers meetup game, oh. he's going to be able to meet Drew.
1: It's funny you say I haven't talked about it, but it's in the opening, Greg.
2: Oh, well, you always record that without me. I don't know I, what's in
1: there. I that. do. But we can <laughs> we can talk about it now. Okay, let's so, talk about it.
2: We had so much fun yesterday at the Canucks game, or Sunday at the Canucks game, and we know that it's impossible to get enough blocks of seats to get everyone into a Ranger game. So we're doing we're doing we're going to pick a bar. We haven't decided what bar yet. In New York City. And we're going to host a meetup for the Islander game in February on a Thursday night, the day after February uh, th- Valentine's Day. So it's, you know, get dinner with your loved one and then come get drinks with the people you actually love.
1: Yeah, that's it. The Blucher Breakaway, boys, yeah. at Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> All right, follow Fitzy on, on uh, Fitzy GSN. Uh, have a great night, Fitzy. Thanks for coming. On. I really appreciate it.
3: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
1: We're out of here. False the story of Break. Rate those five stars on iTunes. Just do it. Just do it. Don't even ask questions. Do it. Bye bye.